0: This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome to The Main Ingredient, and my name is Kevin Bergen, and I think the deep freeze, it's finally here. I want to complain, but really, should I? It's almost mid-December, and the temperature has finally dropped to where it should be, so I think we're going to be just fine. Our city in the past year has gotten really crafty, and by that I mean... A few changes to Manitoba liquor laws were put in place and there has been a sharp growth in Manitoba breweries and brew pubs. So I caught up with Tyler Birch from the Barnhammer Brewing Company located at 595 Wall Street to talk candidly about his road to bringing his fine products to the Winnipeg beer consuming masses. Hey, so Tyler, welcome to The Main Ingredient. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. Let's talk about uh, how you go from building fences and decks to owning your own uh, brewing company. <laughs> let's let's hear a little bit about you
1: uh well i was, I started home brewing about three years ago now yeah I forget how long it's been because uh, the brewing the building the brewery took a while and I kind of lost track of time but I think it's been about three years since I started and uh, really liked it and um, I really like my other job as well but it was getting pretty hard on the body uh, lots of manual labor um like the fence building the fence yes, and deck building yeah I was starting to take a toll so i wanted something a little bit lighter and uh, on the body anyway and, <laughs> and just interesting and that uh seemed like something that would be fun and then the um liquor commission which is now called the M- mbl and the lga uh changed a bunch of rules regarding breweries which really made it a lot easier and more interesting uh,
0: like you're, you're already thinking of, of, of opening your own brewery before that, or when they made that change is when you really decided, you know, I got to do this.
1: Right when I started brewing, I thought this would be awesome. And then I got some news that they were uh, adding the tasting rooms for one thing and the growler program, which was a big thing. Yep. Uh, and it just made it more.
0: Probably more feasible. Appealing. That's yeah. The one. Yeah. Yeah. More appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you doing your home. Were you, were you doing home brewing then, or the home brewing took place beforehand, and then that convinced you to open your own place? Yes,
1: yeah, definitely. I I was home brewing first for not very long. I think about it took me about three months before I thought I definitely want to do this. And really, start,
0: started looking into it. Yeah, wow, that's quick, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you're building fences with your family. You throw the idea out. You know what? I'm thinking of opening my own brewery. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was an interesting <laughs> conversation the first
1: time. Uh, I think disbelief is the right word or they just didn't really, yeah, didn't really believe me at all that that was something, Do it's, it's quite a departure from one to the other. Right. Construction to brewing beer and yeah, I think they gradually found out I was serious about it and then got fully behind it and then we went for it.
0: So that's awesome. It seems like such a big task to do that. Like, you know what I mean? When you say I'm going to open my own brewery and brew my own beer sounds mm, like. It was bigger than I thought it would be. Yeah. What, <laughs> I mean, what, what were some of the challenges that you went through opening it?
1: Um, finding a, a suitable building uh, was probably number one because the zoning laws in Winnipeg are not really that good for breweries because you can't do it really in a commercial building. Yeah. Because you're limited square footage, which is not ideal really. You mean it long. can't be too large? It can't be too small. Or, oh. Uh, yeah, it can't be too large. Sorry. Yes, okay. it, it has to be. I think it was five thousand square feet was Max. maximum. Yeah, Holy it might have been smaller, and they're about to change it to five thousand. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure because it was too late for me anyway. But um, yeah, and I, I think ours is seventy two hundred. Our building, and I thought, oh, this is oodles of space. I was yeah. actually talking to other people about maybe adding, like putting something in there. And yeah, we opened, and yeah,
0: two weeks later, like, I
1: think we need more space.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take very long. So. That's crazy. Now that you're open, what are some of the, some, are some of the challenges that you go through? Like, is, is it, is it what you thought it would be? Like, I'm, I'm sure there's surprises in every business, but is it mainly what you thought it would be?
1: Yeah, actually it is, which is surprising. Cause I thought, you know, obviously the whole buildup and wading through all the, the legal stuff and the headaches of all the things that come at you, that was a little bit more than I thought, but mm-hmm. now that we're open it's going pretty well and it doesn't seem to be that complicated. Yeah. Like there hasn't, we haven't run into anything that has stopped us or been a problem. It's right. been mostly smooth sailing so far.
0: Oh, that's that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your brewmaster, Brian Westcott, mm-hmm. um, he brewed at a, he was a brewmaster of a, another brewery in Alberta, right? Yeah. Alley Cat. In Alley Edmonton. Cat. Yeah. How did you, uh, how did you snag him? Uh,
1: we met on the internet,
0: actually. Really? Yeah. There's, your...
1: there's a website called <laughs> Pro Brewer, and uh, I just had an ad on there. Yeah. For a a brewmaster, because they're, it, with Winnipeg having not very many breweries, there's not a lot of
0: people
1: yeah, right to to do that. So yep. I, I was definitely looking outside of Winnipeg, um, hoping to find someone in Canada, of course. And his wife is from here. She's well from Cranberry Portage, so. They were moving back here anyway perfect and yeah he just contacted me and said let's meet her yeah and he was coming they were coming to look at houses i guess and we sat down and it was immediately like yeah this would work just a really good feeling right away that yeah. that we mesh i guess and it's still like we still get along quite well and everything so it's, we got really lucky with totally it. that
0: timing is perfect yeah Okay, so I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times. You know, barn hammer. Yes. Where did that name come from?
1: Uh, I've told this story many times. Totally, man. I can imagine, right? At first, it was getting better every time I told it. Now <laughs> I feel like it's getting worse. Embellish it every yeah, single time. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we have a cabin up at Lee River, and it it actually used to be an old farmhouse or an old farm, I guess. Yeah. Um, so there was a barn on the property that's very old and. I would maybe even ramshackle might be the right word and uh kind of in the way, it was just in the middle of the yard and whatever. So uh, we talked a lot about taking it down, how we're gonna take it down, and uh one weekend my dad went out to <laughs> went out to the uh the cabin by himself to cut the grass. Cause sometimes in the summer with our other company we we're quite busy. Um don't get a lot of time to go to the cabin and I guess he was there by himself and decided that it was time for it to come down. So with uh, his, I don't know what year it is, I think like a 2009 two-wheel drive do- Dodge Journey, he hooked a chain up to the, I think it, I don't even know if it has a trailer hitch, <laughs> and uh, tried to tried to pull this barn down and uh, didn't pull it down. It barely did anything. I think it got a little bit crooked. Yeah. About it and it did.
0: What happened to his car? Did it, it was fine. Yeah. I
1: mean, it didn't I didn't do any damage <laughs> from what I know. Of. But, uh, so from then on, we we call it that car the Barnhammer as a joke, and
0: and now it's uh, a beer. We are going to hear some of the rejected brewery names before Tyler settled on Barnhammer Brewing Company. When we return, this is the main ingredient, and I'm here talking to Tyler Birch from Barnhammer Brewing and we're talking about how hard it can be to name a beer company.
1: Naming naming a brewery is hard. I had so many ideas that I thought were amazing. And
0: what were some other I- names that oh, that might have made it?
1: Wow. That's going way back. Yeah. One was uh Prodigy and Vandal. It was just just like it was just <laughs> words that sound cool yeah. and uh, my wife is a graphic designer by trade. And she does everything at the brewery now. She's amazing, but uh she's very into the art having a concept and
0: right. Not just naming things just to name them. Yeah. And having something personal behind it. So,
1: so we, this was the first one that really was, I liked it. She liked it. And that happened a few times. And then we'd go to other people, like our friends or our family and be like, no, that's not that I do. And then this one uh. was the first one that we got mostly. Yeah. And then we got a few, "Uh, yeah, but mostly positive. So we we just went
0: for it and, That'd be tough. That'd be super it tough naming hard. things, especially when you both agree and you're thinking, this is it, this yeah. is the one. And then someone's like, no, nah, that's terrible. You're yeah. like, really? Yeah. I wish I remembered if
1: there was a few ones that I'm still, I think I would do. Yeah. I have another one that if we ever opened a brewery again, I would do that. Yeah. But um, of course I can't tell you that one because I'm just someone else
0: to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um okay, so let's talk about the beer, right? And yeah. along with a very unique... Um, brand name, you have a unique, uh, you have unique names of your different types of beer. So how many different types of beer do you, do you have right now? So we have,
1: we have the five main ones. Right. Um, and then we do seasonals as often as we can and test batches. Um, I was hoping for weekly, <laughs> it's pretty hard to, to cram them into everything else. For, for sure. Us. Like yeah. Brian's already overworked and, uh, yeah. So usually we have one or two seasonals at a time and the five main ones, so.
0: Okay, so I'm going to bring a couple up, and then you can tell me maybe who named it, or if there's a story behind it, or whatever, right? Because okay. I, was, I, was uh, I was at Peg City Brewing, mm-hmm. and I had Grandpa's Sweater. Mm-hmm. How did that one come about? That Which one? I thought was an awesome name. It was actually, <laughs> I heard about that from an interview that we had with The Common. Okay, brought right. Grandpa's Sweater, right. and uh, yeah, so I had to try it, so I'm like...
1: That's actually the only one that Brian is not a huge fan of. And really? Then, yeah. he just. I, I love know, that name. Like, I don't know, but he likes all the other ones and he, we got him on board with that one. But, um, that one comes from, well, the oatmeal, of course, Yeah. like people, when you think of oatmeal, a lot of the time you think of your grandpa <laughs> and, uh, my, my friend Mike and I, the first time I ever brewed that particular beer, my friend Mike and I did it and he always has really awesome sweaters, like really like. Thick wool button up, like cardigan yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It just kind of, since we brewed it together, we're like, what do we call it? And that's just what we came up with. I like we, that you know, name.
0: It's awesome. it's awesome. The seventh stab. <laughs>
1: that one sounds violent. It totally does. <laughs> but it's, it's just how many times it took. Uh, it looks
0: like kind of like a, like a fence or something on yeah. your site. It looks like, you know, like yeah. a piece of fence or something.
1: Well, it's just uh, it's just how many test batches it took oh, it, about okay. where we wanted it. oh uh,
0: i understand exactly. now yeah so it's not get violent. it <laughs> you look like a violent guy just so you know um lousy beatnik that one
1: doesn't have oh yeah no actually that does have a story behind it so the beer is very um it's like a hip the beer itself is almost like a hipster it doesn't what it is isn't really what it is and it's not really like any other beer because it's it's a Danish lager yeast, but we ferment it higher at a higher temperature. Like you ferment a a lager beer around 15 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. We ferment this one around 18. So that's kind of weird. And then it's, it's more bitter than a a lager tradition. It was about three times as much. It's not, it's not a very bitter beer, but it's way more bitter than it uh, would be. And then there's one other thing that I can't remember. So it kind of has a mind of its own. And uh, we came up with a bunch of names for that one that were kind of hipster names. Yeah. I think vegan laser disc, (laughs) vegan laser disc was winning and then I thought it was too ridiculous. Uh, You have it like bongos beside it on, right? It's actually a Simpsons quote. Oh, uh, is it? From Ned Flanders' parents. Yeah. They're, uh, someone calls them lousy beatniks. And at one point in that episode, he's playing, his dad's playing the bongos. (laughs) bongos.
0: That's a good name. Um, so is it Saturday Night Lumberjack is that, is that one Saturday Night Lumberjack? That's Saturday the full Night name. Lumberjack, yeah, someone just called
1: at? me that once. You're <laughs> joking. I, no, no, no. Yeah, one. Actually, the same guy who <laughs> the Grandpa's Sweater Beer is named after his brother Dylan uh, called me a Saturday Night Lumberjack, <laughs> and I was, I was, I was like, very taken. He must have He must have been four or five
0: beers in. Yeah, he was uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You're, you're yeah. only <laughs> making stuff up like that when you had a few, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is <laughs> awesome. Um, Les Sneek Belgique.
1: That one, uh the first time I brewed that one, uh my wife and I, Sable were uh, just trying it for the first time and I think we each had maybe two of them. Yeah. And we were kind of looking at each other like I don't think this is the percent of alcohol it was supposed to be. It was like substantially stronger. But you can really tell. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was very sneaky. And then uh the yeast is a Belgian wheat yeast. So Oh yeah, I can that
0: one. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that one. Um what is this that you brought tonight? This is the
1: Fur Trader Winter Ale. So our fur Trader right
0: Winter Ale. So this is available at your place now, yes. at Barnhammer right now.
1: Yes. And then a few uh, growler bars. I believe The right now the Econologues, St. Norbert, and the Quality Inn.
0: Okay, so the Fur Trader Winter Ale. Where does that name come from?
1: That's, that one's named after my uh, beer league hockey team, actually.
0: Is, is that the name of your team?
1: Yeah, for the Fur Traders.
0: The Fur Traders? I hope
1: that doesn't make any of our... The people we <laughs> play against not buy our beer.
0: <laughs> well, why did you name it after them?
1: Uh, it's, a, it's actually a really good name. Yeah? I remember we've this particular team has gone from, I think it was Ice Goons, and then Ice Dogs, and then Outlaws. And I like I originally played for them, and then I lost my teeth stopped. But uh, someone just came up with the name Fur Traders, and it, it sounds really good. And it's a really good name for a winter ale. It and totally it, is, it right? It kind of reminds me of the Festival, and the warm kind of name.
0: So. Yeah, it is. Um, the bottle. Is that the bottle, the, the bottle shape? Like what's with the bottle shape?
1: Uh, so this is this one's called the Boston Round. Yeah. Uh, and it's not the traditional growler shape. And some people are mad at me because it actually has a different size cap. Mm-hmm. The traditional one actually has the same cap. So now some places actually uh, have to stock a different size of cap than <laughs> okay. before. But I've I've been telling people to bring them, but yeah. Yeah, I just really like the way it looks.
0: Yeah, I like it too. It
1: looks like a big medicine bottle. So.
0: so right now you guys do not sell bottled beer. Nope. But eventually, you're going to January. Yes. So, will that be part of it, or nope. that's such seasonal, right?
1: We actually we talked a bit about doing it in some growlers and because with that filling method, it lasts a lot longer. Yeah. Um, but we're probably going to do uh, six fifties. So that's about a bottle and a half.
0: Oh no, nice. no, almost
1: that's almost double. I guess. Yeah, like a dinner time size, I guess.
0: Yeah. Kind of like a uh, upsize. Would you like to upsize that? Super <laughs> That's awesome. We're going to take a little break to update you on the new sports and weather, of course. So when we return, we are going to sample a little bit of Barnhammer's Fur Trader Winter Ale. This is the main ingredient, and I'm Kevin Bergen on 680 CJOB. This is the main ingredient, and I'm Kevin Bergen. And after the new sports and weather, we are going to return with Tyler Birch from Barnhammer Brewing Company, and we are going to sample a little bit of their Fur Trader Winter Ale. This is 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. I have Tyler Birch from Barnhammer Brewing here in the studio. And in the first two segments, we talked about why and how he opened his craft brewery. And now we have arrived at my favorite part of the show, which is we get to sample beer. So he brought along their seasonal specialty brew called the Fur Trader Winter Ale. All right. So why don't you tell me a little bit about this one? It's a- so this is uh a- oh, a- oh, it's cool too. There's, yeah. There's- you talk and I'll sip. <laughs>
1: there's lots of... Uh- uh, I guess different ways you can describe this. It's some people call them winter warmers.
0: Yeah. Uh, I like it. winter ale. What's in it? Um,
1: just a bunch of darker malts and then, um, nutmeg, cinnamon, vanilla, clove as spice, but it's, it's subdued because I've had beers that have a lot of it.
0: Yeah. It. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a hint of all those things that you just mentioned, right? Not overpowering.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we made it, it smelled like cookies in the brewery it's the beer you yeah. moron
1: it was sad because I couldn't have that was when we first brewed it so it was still three weeks away so. no oh, cookies good. and no beer
0: where are some of these a, a few examples of some of the locations that your beer is served
1: um well they have, most of the uh the vendor growler bars will have it in intermittently so you know what don't we explain what a growler is okay I mean, a lot so, of people won't even know what that is right yeah, it's a glass bottle that is refillable that you as the customer buy and then bring to either a brewery or some of the LCs have them and some of the vendors in Winnipeg have them as well where they will refill them of whatever beer you like.
0: Yep. So if I want some Barnhammer beer, I can, and let's say I, I can get a growler at your location mm-hmm. or I could get it at the LC. Yes. And I can walk in and decide which beer I want and you guys fill it up.
1: Right there. So it's as fresh as possible, which is a good thing because uh, we don't filter any of our beer. So if it happened to sit on the shelf for too long, it would taste bad and then people would buy it and think our beer is terrible. But right. It would just be that, hopefully.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Um, what about kegs? If I want to buy a keg from you guys.
1: Yeah, we have we do 30 uh, liter
0: kegs mm-hmm. and we just
1: now have the ability to sell 10 liter kegs. So it's like a. Yeah.
0: Like the mini ones.
1: Yeah. Like very small and, but it's not one of those Bubba kegs. It's an actual keg. Yeah. But it's only 10 liters. So it's good for a night really. It's about 20, it's the equivalent of 28 cans.
0: So it's good for me if I'm watching a jet game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at home, of course. At yeah. home. Um <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the tap room. That was one of the reasons why you really wanted to open mm-hmm. your, uh, your brewery because you know the, the, the legislation has changed and you can now actually have a tap room. So maybe, maybe we can explain what a tap room is okay. um, and maybe some of the basics of yours.
1: Right. So the two kind of licenses a brewer can get is a brew pub and a tasting room. Uh, a brew pub has a restaurant. We are not a brew pub, so we don't have a restaurant. But right. basically, we can only sell the beer we make. It's called brewed on premise. So whatever mm-hmm. we make there, we can sell. Um, you can just come in and try it, leave with the growler, try some more, whatever you want. It's just a space to sit and talk and right? we don't have any TVs or anything like whatever, that. Whatever. It's so a beautiful just, space. Like, it's, it's nice. It's a social like, space.
0: And... I said, when I came in there, it took me off guard there. You know what I mean? Cause again, you're on wall street, wall street's kind of industrial. Mm-hmm. So you walk in there and, um, it's actually quite beautiful, right? It's a nice, nice space. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. We the the, uh, the high ceilings. The other, what, awesome. uh, yeah, they what got me into it and then uh, spent we had some extra time because being the first tasting room, the city didn't really have um, parameters in place for for the uh, license.
0: Right, so it you're like reinventing the wheel as you're doing this, right? Yeah,
1: so we, we had a little bit of an extra wait, so we had extra time to...
0: I mean, you you had had an extra design. weight. Yeah. So, like, wow. <laughs> that was even longer than usual, man. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> I mean,
1: try to look at it positively and yep. had some extra time to design. And I think it really did help get everything uh, kind of where we
0: needed it. Yeah, it's pretty nice. So, like you said, you don't serve food in there, but people can order food and bring it in. Course, when I, yeah, <laughs> that's,
1: a, that's an important part. We do allow people to bring, like, some, I've seen people bring in their, like, Tupperware salad for lunch <laughs> and eat it. Like whatever you want. Where are you
0: going? I'm going to have some beer and I'm going to drink. I'm going to eat my salad. Yeah. Because when I was there, when I when I was talking to you and I was there, there was a group of people. And I think a, a guy came to deliver pizza.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. And they walk in and they're very confused because like, like, it yeah. looks like they're delivering to a restaurant. Yeah. And they're like, uh, they always look like they've done something wrong. But no, no, someone, someone probably <laughs> that group this. over there. Yeah.
0: Billy's over there. Yeah. Okay. So Christmas is coming up. Mm-hmm. Do you guys sell gift cards? Yes, we do. How do people get them?
1: We will. We could mail them, or sometimes people, uh, a few people have called us from out of the province to buy for someone that they know that's here, to, and then they just tell them it's there and they come get it, or they can come pick it up themselves.
0: Yeah, can you pay for it online? You can. Can you go online and buy them, or you just go, no? You like go to you, you have you guys to are. contact us and we right. do it
1: and then have it. But um, yeah, most people just come pick them up. We do twenty-five dollar increments.
0: Yep. So, so hundred bucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, so let's give people some basic info, like where you are, what your hours of your tap room are, just some basic stuff,
1: okay, we're and how to get a hold of you, of course. Right. We're at 595 Wall Street, which is three buildings off Portage, so it's right near a lot of bus routes, and we get a lot of bike traffic, but um, for right now, we're open Wednesday, Thursday, 3 to 9, Friday, Saturday, 12 to 9, and then Sunday, 1 to 6. But we have a request into the LGA. and We're really hoping that they'll extend our hours because nine o'clock is a very weird time to close.
0: Yeah, especially if you are going to have a couple beers, right?
1: Yeah, and it the, seems like the farther we get away from summer, the later people go out. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people go out at eight thirty, and nobody's going to come to someone, like, someone that closes at at nine. 9 if, yeah, there's no point.
0: So. Yeah, I so think
1: we're, we're hoping for eleven, but
0: we'll see what happens. I'm sure you know. If, if so much has changed in the last little bit that yeah. I can't imagine that that would be a sticky point. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I, mean? I don't think
1: so. And I think that uh, when we first opened a lot of restaurants were kind of worried we'd be taking a lot of the business, but I mean, it's a very small amount of people are maximum 50 as of, like, not a, uh, not based on the space, based on the rules. And it's kind of, people aren't going to come here, there if they want to. A restaurant experience it's more just like drop in have a beer or two like it's rare that people even have more than two beers right so uh, i think at first they were worried and then now they kind of realize it's not where we can all work together and
0: right i think it's a nice option to restaurants like sometimes oh. i may not be in the mood to actually go in sit down be served and you know maybe i don't have enough time maybe i just want a quick beer mm. and i want i have my food and I want to drop in and I want somewhere to eat and just kind of do my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. In and out. Mm-hmm. Try some beer. So I think it's a great idea.
1: And now with things like uh, like Skip the Dishes, like a lot of restaurants can still sell food in our place because people will order it.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. You could go there and, and order, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, Skip the Dishes will, like they have so many on there. like It's really most of the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So you could get any, anything you want.
0: Yeah, that is a great idea.
1: you will support a restaurant.
0: 100%. What is the relationship like between brewers? You know, there's a lot of, a lot, well, you know, a few that have opened up in the last mm-hmm. year or two, um, and a few that have been here.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, what's the relationship like between? Really, really good. Is it's it?
1: surprisingly good, yeah. And it's one of those things when we were getting into it, everyone always says, oh, there's a really, there's lots of camaraderie and, uh, that kind of thing with it. And you think, oh yeah, people just say that. Right. But it really is like that because... Uh, we can really help each other. Mm-hmm. Like the more, especially since it's a very, not a very specific like flavor of beer, but it's a kind of a lifestyle almost. Maybe that's a little bit too much, but um, basically the more people that we get as like our brewery gets to drink that kind of beer, mm-hmm. those, those people quickly change their tastes and want more. So it's really a, like a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. So the more. The better because it's very hard to go back after you
0: had this kind of beer. It is, you know, and I can say that from experience too. And the more craft beers I try, the more local Winnipeg brewers I go to, the more I want to go to, and the less
1: mm-hmm.
0: big guy beer I'll say, and the less yeah. mainstream macro, beer that I...
1: I think is what they refer to. Oh, is that right? Is
0: macro. Yeah, that's the. Uh, I drink more or less of that now since I've started drinking craft beer. I just mm-hmm. kind of want a, bit, a different taste because it's always it, – I just find that craft beer, you guys are more adventurous. Try different things, different mm-hmm. little flavors in there that most people wouldn't associate with beer. And then mm-hmm. you try it and it's like, that's actually quite good. Yeah. Right? Can't so. go.
1: like it's, it's definitely not going to be worse than that kind of beer. Mm-hmm. MIP, you
0: know? No, it's good. But. I really like it. Um, Tyler, thanks for coming in. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for letting me uh, try the beer. No problem. And, uh, yeah, you know, Hey, you thought maybe it's, you poured too much in my glass, but there's never too much in my <laughs> glass. Just so you know. Thanks buddy. Yeah, thank you. Craft beer is an art that Barnhammer seems to have perfected. That said, this is super tough sampling beer and letting you know how it tastes, but I'll continue to struggle through it week after week. We'll be right back on the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. This is the main ingredient, and I'd like to thank my guest, Tyler Birch, from Barnhammer Brewing for talking about his company, and for most of all, bringing beer. I'm Kevin Bergen on 680 CJOB, and the news, sports and weather are up next.
1: This is 680 CJOB.